The Tom Sumner Program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Tom, easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky day, Mr. Sam. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian, Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to The Tom Sumner Show. Old-fashioned radio For a new generation The Tom Sumner Program.com The Tom Summer Program.com The Tom Summer Program.com my hands I don't touch my face I stay at home shelter in place social distance don't go to work I wear a mask and gloves I stay away from church Should I sneeze? I do it in my elbow or up my sleeve. Six feet apart. That is the rule. And I pray for the day the kids can go back to school. I'm washing my hands. Like a raccoon with OCD I've watched Hulu, Roku, Netflix, PBS, and the BBC I've taken down all my mirrors And I'm sick of what I see Two more weeks of quarantine Will be the death of me Tell you right out, I'm a man who likes talking to a man who likes to talk. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program. My guest this hour is a man who likes to talk. He is... uh, 
He, he is uh, a lawyer, a trial lawyer, actually, by profession, a student of humanity by choice, and a friend to all by nature, and the author of a uh, new book, the first in a series, called, appropriately, Let's Talk. My guest is Art Rios, and uh, he joins me by phone. So, Art, let's talk. Tom, thank you so much, brother. It's such a pleasure to uh, to be talking to you. Hello, Michigan, and I can't wait for our conversation. Good times. Um, let, let me let me just start right out with the uh, elephant in the room, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. Is is has the art of conversation taken a hit in in recent years, largely because of technology? It's taking a missile hit, I think, nuclear <laughs> missile hit. Yeah, absolutely. We, uh, as I mentioned in the book, that one of the things that kind of started thinking, got me thinking about all this, is you know, my daughters. When my daughters were younger, we were at dinner one night, you know, four of us, and uh, they were texting each other right across from the table. I looked at my wife. I said, "Wait, wait, wait, wait! Give me those cell phones." Uh, and the reality is, yes, technology has taken away from what I feel to be one of the most beautiful uh, kinds of human interaction which we can have, which is simply to talk to each other, looking each other in the eye, you know, enjoying each other's facial expressions. It, it doesn't always have, it's not always going to be a rosy conversation, but no matter what, a conversation is a conversation. And definitely, definitely technology has eroded that immensely. And I have nothing against technology. I don't want uh, Michigan to think I'm an anti-technology guy, because I'm not. I think technology is wonderful, but we need to make sure that we're controlling it, and we it, we don't let it control us. Has it gotten worse during the pandemic? I, oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, thank God for things like Zoom and our ability to FaceTime when we can't talk to each other, you know, for health reasons. So I, I'm afraid so. Now, but I'm also hoping, because I'm the eternal optimist, Tom, I'm also hoping that what will happen is once things start getting back to normal and we can take off the mask, since we haven't been able to maybe have those interactions, human interactions for so long, that we're going to be thirsting for it. And maybe this will be the comeback of the face-to-face conversation. So I, anyway, I always try to look at, at the rosy side of things, but I'm really hoping that that's what's going to happen since we haven't been able to talk to each other normally for so long that we'll be dying to do it once we can. Well, I have been a uh, an advocate for civilized conversation for mm-hmm. years. And, you know, when I try to talk to people, especially young people, they look at me like a dinosaur, Art, when I... <laughs> When when I talk about things like, you know, sitting around a campfire having a conversation or, or you know, back in the old days, uh, you know, even before our time, our, you know, guys sitting around the pickle barrel. Of course. <laughs> shooting the breeze. Yes. Um, barber shops. Um, right. All oh, of gosh, these places yes. where conversations would just happen, and that was the way that we interacted. Um, one of the things that I think is is really critical to bring up, and I'm curious what your thoughts are on this, is this idea that that the country has become really divided and that people, when they do talk with each other, are very mean-spirited because they're hiding behind uh, a computer screen somewhere, you know, texting or 
you know, sending, uh, putting posts on various social media. Um, do you think that that dividing us uh, by technology has divided us by thought and intention as well? Absolutely, and and I'm going to go back to a very critical word you said when we started our talk today, is that you love civilized conversations. That was the perfect adjective that you used. And I'm afraid that, yes, technology also has, to a degree, taken away civility, you know, to a degree. Um, and, and, and it's civility that I think makes for elegant conversation and makes for elegance overall, to be quite frank. But when we can hide behind a screen or when we're talking, you know, in a handset where people aren't looking at us, it's much, much easier to be less than civil than when you have somebody in front of you. So, yes, I couldn't agree with you more that it has definitely been a factor in eroding the civility. And, again, I love the, that adjective that you use, civilized conversations, yes, um, because to a degree, I think that humanity overall has lost civility. And, and it could all stem, honestly, from the the way our conversations have eroded and the way that, that in, in that erosion has taken away to a degree, our love for each other. And I don't mean to sound hippie or, or pie in the sky or anything, but the reality is that I think, you know, we should love all our brothers and sisters and, and start from that standpoint of, you know, he's a fellow human and a human being. I'm going to do all I can to, uh, to you know, to show them affection, appreciation, or just merely respecting their presence. But I agree, yeah, when, you know, when, when you can hide behind the screen, my gosh, look at what the Wizard of Oz was able to do by hiding behind the screen. <laughs> yeah, pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Right. Exactly. Uh, exactly. I love old movie references, Art, so you hit the bullseye <laughs> there. Oh, I got a handful. It's, as, as you noticed by, uh, you know, as we were opening our conversation today, I played that just, just a little soundbite from uh, Sidney Greenstreet uh, talking uh -huh. to Humphrey Bogart in... Um, the Maltese Falcon, yes. and a little earlier in that that scene, he says um, that uh, he he's he's pouring a drink, and he says, uh, you know, say when, and mm -hmm. and and it's something to that effect, and right. he, he ends up saying, "Oh, good, I, you know, I'm glad you're not." worried about drinking and talking because if you know talking right. he, he ends up saying talking is something you can't do well or judiciously unless you practice it that's so true and that whole conversation about you know i like to talk to a man who likes to talk and all that uh -huh. that that is is so at the heart of what we're losing yes when we become too addicted to our technology. Mm-hmm. Oh, completely. And and it's funny because when I was uh, when I was deciding what the final title of of the book was going to be, you know, you want to be you want to stand out, you want to be witty, you want to have a you know the title. Of course, you know all the all the experts. So you know the title has to be something that's super original. But I said, wait a minute, what the hell am I thinking? It, it couldn't be simpler than let's talk because that's exactly what I'm what I'm 
what it's all about, and that's what that's finally how I came up with the title. Let's talk about making life exciting, easier, and exceptional because they're simple conversations. And actually, it's interesting because I was asked the other day, which I, I found hilarious, what my process was because you know that's something that you'd ask Stephen King or something, you know. And um, but it's interesting because I don't actually write. What I do is I make sort of a very uh, mind map or outline of what I want to each talk. I, I call my chapters talks. Each talk to be about, but then I just sit down and look at it and record it as as if, as if I had you in front of me and we were having a conversation about that subject. So, and I did that purposely because I wanted the the read of the book to seem conversational instead of you know when, when you're writing you're worried about grammar structure spelling and when you're just recording and speaking it flows much more conversational. And that's what I was trying to accomplish in the book, and let's talk. And again, the simplicity of the title, it's, it, we don't have to overcomplicate things. It, it, as you were saying, it's just a matter of going back to that simple art of being with somebody that likes to talk or, or, or being yeah. in the presence and having a conversation, a real conversation. Well, somebody did, in fact, ask Stephen King about his method. They asked, uh, it was an interview. It wasn't one that I did. It was one that I saw on public television or maybe heard it on public radio or something. But they asked him, do you, um, do you write on a schedule or do you write to a muse? And he said, oh, always to the muse. But fortunately, the yep. muse shows up every morning at 9 o'clock. <laughs> exactly. Yep. And, yep. and I thought, what a great comeback for that. For that. I know, right? I know. Yeah. He wrote a, a great book. It's called On Writing. And it's thankfully, it's not a horror story or anything like that. It's about <laughs> his, his writing process. And it's actually a, one, it's a short read. It's a wonderful read. And, and you get to know the man. But you're completely right. He said ex that exactly, that yes, he, he writes when he's inspired. But luckily, he gets inspired every morning and writes 2,500 words a day. Um, <laughs> but it's true. You know, it, it's so completely true. And and it's interesting that you um, that you use technology to make it more personalized. Mm -hmm. You know, you're you're less mechanical than if you're sitting there writing words and spelling words and mm -hmm. using punctuation and all that. Whereas if you just speak into a recorder conversationally and say what it is you're trying to say, it's it's much more conversational, and it ends up being, yep. um, although you're recording it and it, there's technology involved, it's right. actually more relaxed and, and more humanized, which oh, I, I find so, kind of ironic. So enjoyable, so enjoyable, Tom, because I really, when I do it, I really am picturing somebody in front of me, like we were having a glass of wine and, and sitting you know, at a bar somewhere or dinner or in our backyard, enjoying a glass of wine and having a conversation, whatever the topic may be. And you just hit the nail on the head because, again, I don't want people to think that I'm saying abort technology because even while I'm doing that, there's a lot of technology going on. I have a computer screen in front of me with the mind map and my outline. I'm, I'm taping into a device that will then send it to a transcriber. The transcriber will use technology and email it back to me. So, And then I take that transcription and I send it to my editor, and, and God bless her heart, Nancy Pyle. She doesn't want me to edit the rough transcription at all. She wants the actual conversation uh, of what I taped. And then oh, good she, for her. She, oh, yes. Then she does the editing, but she, she does that to make sure that that conversation in there doesn't get lost in my trying to be an editor and, and grammar uh, grammar geek, 
uh, and then she just wants to get the essence of the conversation. So there's always technology involved, but at the heart, it's a simple conversation. More with Art. Hello, Leo. darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms, and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Biden from the Blue Hawaiian. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You are, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. Today. Hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all always. It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a kind and check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com Yo, speaking. Oh, dear. Honey, our car warranty is expiring again. So soon? It just expired last week. You don't even own a car! Not now, Dana. Your father's on the phone. Hey! Mom and Dad, you're being scammed! It's a robocall! Scammers are using new technology and clever tactics to make more and more calls that look legitimate, but are hard to trace. They can make it look like they're calling from any number, even from numbers of people you know. My robocall crackdown team is working with state and federal partners to stop the robocalls for good, but I need your guys' help. Don't trust your caller ID. Verify you're really talking to the person whose number appears when your phone rings. If you accidentally answer a robocall, hang up right away. Engaging in conversation will only lead to more calls. Use a call blocking app on your cell phone that stops robocalls before they interrupt your day. And if you do get a robocall, File a complaint with my office online at mi.gov slash robocalls. And mom, dad, please do not give your information out to these scammers over the phone. They're just trying to trick you. Well, at least they call. No, I get it. You're busy. But you know Janine's daughter. 
is a doctor. She calls every week. A doctor. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. More with Art Rios straight ahead. Now, I mentioned this is the first book in the Let's Talk series. Yes. Did you know going into writing Let's Talk that this was going to be a series, or did you, like yes. uh, like some writers, get to the end and go, but wait, there's more? No, no. I, I, I went into it because, first of all, I, when I started with the idea, you know, I, I probably have a list of about 300 talks and 300 chapters that I'd like, and, and it grows every day. Um, so I knew going in that I wanted to write much more, and thankfully, and, and by the way, Michigan, those of you that have bought the book or, or have read it or listened to the audiobook, thank you so much, because I'd, I'd never expected in a million years that the book would get out there and make an impact so quickly, and, and I was very proud that in January we hit uh, number one bestseller on, on Amazon in the U.S., Canada, and of all places, Australia. So you figure that. Um, but I was really hoping that that would be the case and that I would find some friends out there that would want to continue having conversations with me so I can so I can continue writing. Well, you know, I'm looking at some talking points uh, from the book, Let's Talk, and one of them is talking about a new way to view happy hour and, yes. and turn it into a restorative practice versus a chance to get smashed. <laughs> I, I like to think you can do both. Well, sure. <laughs> sure, absolutely, right? No, there's no doubt. And, and, and I'm sorry I laugh, I'm laughing, but it's funny. Every single interview I've done, and, and it's something that I never expected, but every single conversation I've had you know, about the book, that's the chapter that always comes out. And, and there's something about that talk that resonates a lot with people. But I think, and again, you read Happy Hour, the first thing you think about is, oh, you know, going to the corner bar during Happy Hour and five bucks gets you 50 beers, right? And then you get smashed. Well, don't, that's not at all what the chapter is about. The chapter is about the old-fashioned happy hour in the old days when you get home. It was an elegant practice. You know, you'd have a drink or two before dinner, spend time with your significant other, with the kids or friends if they're at home, and you take that hour to decompress, relax, and kind of work your way, segue your way into the rest of your day. And that chapter has really resonated because people maybe have come to realize, and I've gotten a lot of emails from readers, that they've come to realize that the problem in their lives was that there was never a pause button or a slow down button. I had a, I had a young lady from college the other day tell me, I kind of think of it as a slow down like on the computer where you can slow down the speed, um, or a slow down button so you can ease into the rest of your day. And when I say ease into the rest of your day, what I mean by that is, you know, God in his infinite wisdom created the day to have 24 hours. And, I mean, I'm a lawyer, so we're not good at math, but I think my math on this one checks out. You have eight hours to sleep, you've got eight hours to work, but we always forget that we've got another eight hours to enjoy life every single day, eight hours every day to have fun. However you define fun, it's fine. You know, and that's another thing that I talk a lot about in the book, you know, to finding, pursuing your pleasures. Actually, that's the very first talk in the book, very first chapter. So 
the happy hour chapter I think resonates because it it gives people the opportunity to think about wait a minute there is a, a moment in the day where I can where I can stop you and I you know we like to have a couple of cocktails to during that happy hour it doesn't necessarily have to be alcohol people can have coffee and tea it doesn't sound as exciting to me as the glass of wine but it <laughs> uh, yeah but it's the idea of that structure and and that that practice of getting to that moment in the day where the work stops and you kind of start gliding into the eight hours of enjoying life, enjoying the company of other people, and enjoying with that company good conversations, you know, face to face. Or the reality is, like, I, you know, I have the, the two, my two girls are at school. Uh, my oldest is at Wake Forest, the little one's at uh, Northwestern, and I can't obviously see them every day. But I do use technology to FaceTime, and during happy hour, we chat. I see how their day is going, et cetera. So it's about easing your way into the eight hours of enjoyment that God gave us to enjoy every single day. And for some reason, we have forgotten that that's part of life, and, and we think that we need to put it off. I, I do not believe in putting off enjoying life for the future. I mean, again, I, in, in the book, I think the, the word moderation comes up many, many times. Responsibility comes up many, many times. So and I'm, I'm not advocating, you know, going berserk during those eight hours. But I am definitely advocating for you enjoying life every single day because, you know, Tom, we don't know what tomorrow may bring. And if anything we've learned this past year is that that's truer now than ever. Yeah, that there was, you know, a, from one day to the next, a drastic shift in the yes. way we live our lives. Absolutely. Um, I, it, it's kind of funny because I, I set up a studio to do my show from home about mm -hmm. two months before the pandemic hit. Wow. And so I was all settled into the idea of working wow. from home. So I didn't feel as inconvenienced as right. a lot of people did, where all of a sudden they're trying to figure out how to work from home and how, you know. Mm -hmm. I, I even remember Art watching uh, the first couple weeks some of the network news shows where they they had their anchors in basements with, with their Skype <laughs> going and they yeah. were just, they were horrible and it took them a couple I of weeks. I remember, no, I agree, yeah. And it took them a couple of weeks to get the hang of it. Right. Um, but, uh, and I'm glad you used the word a couple of minutes ago, decompress, mm -hmm. because that's something I think that uh, a lot of people don't appreciate for what right. it is that they're that that happy hour, however you spend it. it you know, yes. back in the day, if you know, if you went to a bar and you ran into a lot of people that you knew, mm -hmm. you know, and it was just a way to mingle and have a cocktail right. and unwind. Yes. And and yes. it's such an important part of um shifting gears from mm -hmm. you know one mode to another. You know, there's a work mm -hmm. mode, there's a sleep mode. And then, you know, how do you how do you get into appreciating that other eight hours? Right. Exactly, exactly. You know, how do you ease into those eight hours? You know, I had a an email, which I, I love to get emails from readers, and I don't call them readers, I call them friends, because I hope that that's what we're becoming. But I got an email from a reader the other day, and God bless this gentleman's heart, he told me that he had been in recovery for over 20 years, you know, hadn't had a drink in 20 years. He goes, all right, I read the happy hour chapter, and of course, couldn't help but thinking, you know, that, that I enjoyed drinking back, you know, but it was a problem. But what I did is I turned happy hour into healthy hour, 
So instead of you know having a drink, I go for a walk. I take my dogs out. My wife joins me now. So he found a way um, where he could turn it, like I said, he turned it into healthy hour, uh, but it, that also allowed him to ease his day from when he told me, you know, I'd come home from work, traffic is horrible, but now I found a way to start decompressing and before I'd just get home and, and the stress would continue. So yeah, it's it's a way to to just like you wake up in the morning and you know that sleep is done, it's work time generally, and then you get into your work mode as you say, I'd like that, that phrase, work mode. And then but what happens when you finish work mode? Well, then it's life mode, enjoyment mode, because that's why you work. Well, and a lot of people these days, because of technology, and I'm as guilty as anyone else about this, is, um, you know, they have phones and mobile devices that go everywhere with them, mm-hmm. and they'll be in the middle of happy hour and yeah. and just excuse themselves from the table right. in, in a conversation because, hey, i got to take this call. Mm-hmm. And so it's like we're oh, yeah. working all the time. We're never the really time. out of work mode. That is exactly right. And, and in the book, I, I mention first of all that you know we have to uh, come to terms with technology. The example that I use that there's a guy with a drone, and the drone is out there flying around, looking at the view, having a grand old time. And the guy's stuck down on Earth, looking at a screen. You know, so so who's really having fun, right? Um, and again, I'm not bashing technology. I think technology is wonderful, but we have to control it. Let let me address specifically, because I do it in the book, that issue that you're talking about. When I get home, I mean, sometimes, like you, I work from the house, but sometimes I come into the law firm and work from the office. When I get home, I turn off my phone, and it stays in the car. Now, I can imagine, I can imagine Michigan right now saying, is this guy insane? Wait a minute, what if my kids needs me, need me, or whatever? Well, I have a solution for that. No, in Michigan, I we'd have... be saying, I don't leave technology in the car because it gets cold. No, that's true. <laughs> that's, true. that's true. I know. I know. I'm coming from Florida. I, I know I should be ashamed. But what I did is... Oh, I no, we're, out... we're used to you people from Florida calling us up and telling us what the temperature is. <laughs> I, I won't do that today. I will not do that today because then everybody's not going to dislike me. I don't want that. But you know what I did, Tom? I went and bought an old-fashioned flip phone, okay? I call it my second line, and if my daughters want to talk to me after I'm home or after my workday is done, they actually have to call me. They don't. They can't text. They can't send me a video. No. They actually call. My, my parents have my second line, my sister, because, hey, if there's – and, of course, if there's an emergency, you want to be reachable – but after five, I am not looking at emails. I'm not looking at text, anything. I am enjoying life, you know, as best as I can. Uh, somebody actually told me the other day in an email, hey, Art, you know, that's great advice, but you don't actually have to get a second phone. You can put up the do not disturb on your phone. And, of course, I felt like an idiot at that point. But he was very correct. You know, you don't necessarily have to do a second phone, but you put on the do not disturb. But still, you know, we're so used to looking at our phones that I think you're still going to be taking peaks anyway. So it's better to just leave it alone and uh, and truly give yourself time and enjoy those eight hours every single way, any way you want. You know, as long, obviously, as it's legal. Enjoy it any way you want, and, and, and you define what gives you pleasure. That's chapter one in the book. You know, it's, it's uh, pursuing pleasures. Uh, well, and for what it's worth, Art, I still use as my main phone a flip phone there you go and if i if i could they really are the best 
If I could, I'd, I'd try to find one with a rotary dial, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> that's just me being old school. I don't know if I'd go that far, but yes, I love it. I love it. Um, but but all kidding aside, it it has taken me, you know, in my as I get older, um, in my life, it's it's taken me a long time to get to where. I can ignore the phone and not yep. answer it. When I was yes. a kid, I was first learning about using the phone. I mean, we still had, you know, we still had that phone hanging on the wall in the kitchen uh-huh. with the long cord on it. Yep. But I, um, but you always answered the phone because if somebody yep. called, it was important. Sure. Of course. Now we have this technology that allows us to call anybody, anytime, anywhere right. on the planet. On the planet, yeah. Anytime, day or night and all of that. And it it took me a long time to get to where I could just let it go to voicemail Mm -hmm. and continue doing what I was doing. Yep. Does it take a lot of discipline to allow yourself to be undisciplined? At first, yes. That's a beautiful. That is. I'm sorry. I, I gotta. I gotta write that one down. That is. That is great. Yes. And the answer is, of course. At first, it does. But then, once you get used to it, it's super, super easy. Um, and you come to enjoy that that freedom, um, just being with yourself. There. One of the talks in, in Let's Talk in the book is a hundred hours of solitude, and. It's a thing. It's a practice that I that I've been doing for many years now. It's and it sounds super antisocial, but it's not. It's about taking maybe at at least two times a year. I like to do it. Usually, I don't do it anymore, any more than two. Uh, but it's going off on a weekend by yourself, completely alone. And it sounds ridiculously antisocial. I know that, uh, but it's to kind of. Spend time with yourself, check in with yourself, where am I, how are things, and of course, try to avoid technology at that point, um, and just go to a place, I mean, you can go anywhere you want, I, I, there's this uh, little log cabin that I rent about an hour and a half from home, and it's in a, in a small town in Inverness, Florida, that, you know, they have about five or six really nice family restaurants, but it's out in the woods, um, there's no Wi-Fi, thank God. And I just go and, and check in with myself. I get a lot of great ideas while I'm there. And I also come to appreciate the time that I do spend with my family and friends because I can't wait to get back to them after those 100 hours are done. So I know it sounds antisocial, but it's actually, I believe, the most social thing you can do. And it's it's a reboot that you're giving yourself and to spending time with yourself. Uh, you know, in the chapter on gratitude, which to me is the most important chapter in the book, I, I mentioned that the most, I, I mean, gratitude to me is, Tom, is the is my hallmark, is my benchmark for life. Uh, and I'm always, I'm always operating from a standpoint of gratitude. Uh, but I think that it's very important, and I mentioned that in the chapter, right at the beginning of the chapter, that you'd never forget to thank yourself for what you do and, and what you're doing for the world. I don't care how menial you think your job is, it's not. It's important. Everybody has a function. Um, but you, and, and I'm not talking about But then it gets back to that old adage, Art, that anything worth doing is worth doing well. Absolutely. And with pride. Oh, yeah. And so oh, yeah, it absolutely. really doesn't matter if you're, you know, curing cancer or fixing a leaky faucet. Yes. 
Right, exactly. Yeah, because if you don't fix that leaky faucet, how can you operate with the person that has cancer? Exactly. How do you clean, how do you clean the instruments? How do you how do you prep wash your hands? So yeah, and and we're all important. I also talk about that in the book about being yourself. Uh, we're all so important, uh, and, but you have to stop and thank yourself uh, for what you do and what you accomplish and, and how you provide for yourself and for your family. I mean, I, maybe maybe I'm wrong and maybe you haven't done it. But did you stop this morning, Tom, to think, you know, I'm going to get a message out to my, my listeners today that's important. And, and you, you're probably going to be sending out 25, 30 messages. They may not resonate with every single listener, but at least one message will resonate with each listener. And you know how important that is? Uh, it's, but you don't think about it because, you know, you're busy doing your work, you're, you're busy recording, and you're busy, you know, producing your show. But and I'm not doing this to, to to make you feel good or garner favor. It's just to make my point that what you do is super important. And that person that's sitting in their car or at home listening to your show, whatever they're doing, they may not think it's important, but it is because I I really believe that everything happens for a reason, you know. And I believe in predestination, not to get all new age or anything. But um, we're all important. And it, to get back on point, it's a matter of thanking yourself for what you do and appreciating what you do again not in a not from a standpoint of arrogance or anything more from a standpoint of understanding that that hey you know i i i need to stop and realize that my presence on this planet means a lot and one of the ways that i find very easy to do again by taking off a couple of times a year with yourself checking in with yourself and uh and just really really focusing on where you're at in life and what life is all about because it's not all about work it really isn't you know going back to those 24 hours 8 hours of work 8 hours of sleep 8 hours of enjoyment and 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 finding purpose in life to to reward yourself and 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 be around the things you've accomplished materially and emotionally, your family, your friends, you know, your dogs. I'm a huge dog lover. Well, and the best uh, way to view that that other eight hours is that in, within that eight hours, that's when you're living the life that you yes. are resting and earning yes. for. Exactly. Ex- precisely. There's a point to it all. Exactly. Exactly. And that mode is so important. My gosh, it's so important. It, it is important. And I don't think you should be at all surprised, Art, um, that people are reacting to the first book in, in your Let's Talk series um, the way they are around the country and around the world. Because I think that a lot of people, whether they realize it or not, miss talking. Yes. Yes. That's it. And so yeah. I, I, I think you're right. I think that Let's Talk is the perfect title for the book in the series. Um, my guest is, uh, you'd never guess it, um, a trial lawyer by profession <laughs> um, because uh, he seems so affable, and a lot of trial <laughs> lawyers don't. Um, Very true. But uh, but he is an author and uh, a lecturer and... and um, and a teacher, and he has uh, a new book. It's the first in a series uh, called Let's Talk. His name is Art Rios. Am I saying that right? Yes, Rios. 
perfect R I O S. Perfectly right. Okay. I I'm saying the soft S and you're saying it like a Z, but No, nah, that's good. I'm I'm I'll catch on by time we're no, done. No, Rio, so you know, you're perfect. <laughs> anyway, Art, it is a real pleasure talking with you, and, and it's gone by so quickly that uh, I can't believe it's time to stop. But <laughs> um, but let me, let me do this as I do for all the guests, give you an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about you and your work, past, present, and future. Um, is, do you have a website? Yeah, sure. Thank you, Tom. Uh, if you want, the book is available, of course, on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever you buy your books, you can get it. It's called Let's Talk About Making Life Exciting, Easier and Exceptional. It's book one. Book two will be out, hopefully, uh, in the by, by the middle of the summer. And I have another book that's coming out very soon. It's called Small Talk, and that's a little different approach, only in that each each chapter, if you will, it's only about a paragraph or two, and then I put a, a couple of jokes in there to uh, liven things up. Small talk should be coming out probably in about 60, 90 days, but let's talk book one. Again, Amazon, anywhere you buy your books, or you can go right to the website. It's buyletstalk.com, B-U-Y, letstalk.com, and that's my website also. There's a lot of extra stuff in there that available to everybody, and what I would really, really hope, Tom, is that people and that doesn't cost a thing, is send me an email if you want to chat. I This has been the most enjoyable aspect of this entire process is the feedback that I'm getting from my friends. I, again, my, the readers are now my friends, so I don't call them readers. Uh, my email is art at riostalks.com. That's A-R-T at R-I-O-S talks.com. And sincerely, I love, I love to get... Emails. I got an email from a lady the other day, and she was really excited about the book. and And she said, I, "I want you to become my guru." And I immediately, I wrote her back. I said, "Listen, I don't want to be anybody's guru, but I'd love to be everybody's friend." And that's really what I'm trying to accomplish here: is to start conversations with the readers and and the friends that I'm making. And not only that, I'll be quite frank. I am getting some really great ideas also from readers for future talks, and I'm getting some great critique, good and bad. Sometimes I <laughs> I laugh, Tom. I mean, some of the comments that I get, I, they're so oh, wonderful sure. that I that I that I tear up in laughter. But I'm always very grateful. So I hope we can strike up conversations. And like I say, the book is available, ebook, paperback. I I particularly like the audio book uh, because I narrate. I, I was a narrator. Not that I am enamored by my voice, but if you want to really feel like you're having a conversation, um, I, I taped it myself. So uh, I noticed that, and good for you. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, Tom, I can't thank you enough. Michigan, thank you for, for listening to me. Um, I'm really, really grateful. Uh, I'm here for you anytime. But I loved our conversation, Tom. I think, You're a gentleman and a scholar, brother. I think Small Talk is such a great title. I, as you were talking <laughs> about it, I, I was thinking, you know, I sh- that's what I should have called my show because I'm only 5'6". <laughs> well you're welcome to use it brother but uh, yeah i think people are going to like small talk because it's it's basically you know maybe a quote and a short paragraph uh or just some really it's just something that you'd read you know a couple pages a night and don't have to put too much thought into it uh and then like i say the, the second let's talk book will hopefully be out in the summer well art thanks so much it's been a real pleasure my friend and uh, hopefully we will talk some more Anytime, brother. And until then, stay happy and healthy, okay? You too. Bye-bye. You're the best. Talk to you soon. That was Art Rios, the uh, 
and he's got the first uh, book about to come out in his Let's Talk series, and we'll have more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead. Hey, <laughs> this is the Unknown Comic, and guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now, and now, and now too, and even now. It's 2022, and this year, the Tom Sumner Program begins its 14th year. It would not be here without support through the years from individuals and organizations like these. Seth David Radwell. East Village Magazine. Flint Institute of Music. Hello, I'm Maestro Ricky DeMagno. Flint Community School. MTA Flint. Flint Comics and Entertainment. Hamity Complete Food Center. The Flint River Watershed Coalition. W.H. Wisecarver. The Genesee County Road Commission. Lone Museum Auto Fair. Thomas Appliance. The Genesee Health Plan with Flood Technology. My Community College. It's Pure Michigan. Friends on Facebook have also helped by contributing to the show's online fundraisers two or three times a year. If you would like to help the Tom Sumner program continue to thrive by becoming a sponsor, send an email of interest to Tom at TomSumnerProgram.com. Add your name to the list of supporters, past, present, and future. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans, and soon they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, the hugger and see her on her birthday. You know, I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Ranger Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Do you ever feel like you need an attitude adjustment? Are you wishing there was a magic pill or a new app for your mobile device? Why don't you try live local music? Music can make you dance, bring back fond memories, inspire you to be more creative, whether you attend a child's school concert or recital, go to a local symphony concert, Visit local bars and restaurants that feature dance music, sing-along piano, or jazz and blues. Music could be just what you're looking for. Supporting live local music is more than a way to support your local artists and economy. It's a great way to improve your own quality of life. Support live local music. This message is brought to you from the Tom Dana. Dana? Something must be wrong. She never calls. Dana? What's wrong? Take this down. She's stranded on the side of the road. I'm not. She needs us to send her an Amazon gift card. I don't. And she'll use it to pay the tow truck driver. I won't. Mom, Dad, that's not me. It's a scam. Scam artists will call, text, or email people trying to get them to buy a gift card from Amazon or some other company. And then ask for the gift card number over the phone. 
Remember, gift cards are for gifting, not for paying people. If someone asks for payment using a gift card from Amazon, Target, or some other store, it's a scam. Hang up or delete the message. These scammers are awful. Wish they'd pretend to be her brother sometimes. Be nice to hear from him. For more tips on avoiding scams, visit michigan.gov AG for your connection to consumer protection. I get the uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. Oh, but Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone... I got a feeling something strange is about to happen. In the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. Get on a bus because one hippopotami is two hippopotamus. And if you have two goose, that makes one geese. A pair of mouse is mice, a pair of moose is me. Paranoia is a bunch of mental blocks. And when Ben Casey meets Kildare, that's called a paradox. When two minks fall in love with all their heart and soul, you'll find the plural of two minks is one mink stole singulars and plurals are so different bless my soul has it ever occurred to you that the plural of half is whole A bunch of tooth is teeth A group of foot is feet And two canaries make a pair They call it a parakeet A paramecium Is not a pair A parallelogram Is just a crazy square <laughs> Nobody knows just what A paraphernalia is And what is half a pair of scissors It's a single sis <laughs> With someone you adore 
should find romance You'll pant and pant once more And that's a pair of pants This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. Tear down in the wake of what's to come. Round the 
world getting smaller with no place to run. You've got to live for yourself. Give what you can. You've got to live for yourself. Give what you can. it up for today's edition of the Tom Sumner program. Thanks for tuning in. I want to say thanks to all of my guests today, uh, starting with um, that encore with uh, attorney and uh, author Art Rios, um, author of Let's Talk. Fun fun guy. Interesting guy. And um, during the middle, the second hour of our uh, three-hour tour, we got a chance to talk with, with another attorney turned author, Kevin Krenitsky, author of the forthcoming book, The Still Point, The Simplicity of Spiritual Enlightenment. And then we talked uh, quite a bit about China with uh, former Beijing correspondent for Newsweek, uh, Isaac Stone Fish, author of America's Second, How America's Elites Are Making China Stronger. we got a uh, great show in store tomorrow. It's Wednesday, which means armchair politics. And we have uh, an author, uh, Gerald Everett Jones, joining our roundtable regulars tomorrow. And I hope you will, too. In the meantime, good night, everybody. The program is a live variety show. We want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. 
Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner Program. And thanks for listening.